Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, glory to God, we got a great subject tonight to talk about. Amen. We're going to talk about obedience. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? It's a wonderful subject because it opens up huge realms of possibilities in your life when you're obedient. Go with me over to Isaiah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Isaiah, the first chapter. You, most of you know where I'm headed. Hallelujah. Isaiah 1, verse 19, it says, If ye be willing and obedient... You will eat the good of the land. You know, there are verses in the Old Testament that some people can say, well, that's all under Old Covenant. But I tell you what, every promise of God is for all, all covenants. All covenants and all times. There's no time limit. There's no, like, departure. Okay, at this point in time, this doesn't apply anymore. You know, no, no. no. If God said it in the Old Testament or the New Testament, he intends for you to have it. It says, if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. You can do what you want anytime you want. But if you're not going to be obedient, you're going to be limiting God's ability to do for you what he wants to do for you. Do you want to put limits on God? He is the limitless person. There is nothing he can't do except for a person who's not willing or not obedient. God's only limited by us because he's given us to, be, to, to be, have the ability to choose. You know, I love the fact that all these years, how many years, Jackie, where are you? How many years have we used that song in the primary department? O-B-E-Y, obey your mom and dad. And I don't know the rest of it. <laughs> but O-B-E-Y makes them very glad You know what? O-B-E-Y makes your father God very glad You know, it's, it's a lesson that we learn We need to learn very early in life From the time a baby can sit up, you know, O-B-E-Y We are constantly reinforcing You know, letting them know what they should be doing how they should be behaving, how they should be conducting themselves, what they should not be doing. Obey your mom and dad. Would you guys do me a favor? Would the four of you move over here? Thank you. I don't like seeing that front row empty. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, when we, when we have come to a place where we learn to obey God, you know, there might, is, is there ever a time when we can question something? Well, yeah, I think there, there is. Now, depends on your frame of reference, your frame of mind. You know, when God, when God tells you to do something, you know, if you go, well, why? Why do I have to do this? Well, well how's this going to happen? You know, attitude is a problem. The wrong attitude is a problem. It's a problem. But there are times, like in the first chapter of Luke, when, when God came to, or the angel came to Mary and told her what was about to happen. And he said, you are highly favored among women. And, this is, and he started laying out what was going to happen to her. She was more than willing to go with the program. 
That's fine. All she said was, okay, Lord, all right, have a baby. I, you know, I'm a married woman. Great. You know, but how's this going to happen since I've, I've never been with a man? You know, it was a legitimate question. But the key there was her attitude. She didn't ask it from an attitude of, well, why do I have to? Well, why would I want to? Well, how is this going to work? It wasn't from a place of unbelief. That's the key. It was not, listen to me, it was not from a place of doubt and unbelief. That's what made her question okay. She was happy, willing, ready to go. Just, you know, give me a clue. You know, how are we going to work this out? I mean, had this ever happened before? No. Has it happened since? No. Had the Holy Ghost ever done anything like this? No. She was the first. Last. Only. This was ever going to happen to. And so it was okay because her heart was already in what God had told her was going to happen. Her heart was already there. She was willing to, to go, with, go with the flow. Listen, there are always going to be reasons why God leads you to do what he's asking you to do. Just be ready to, if he wants to share them with you, <clears throat> great. And if he's not, just say, I trust you enough just to take the next step. I trust you. You know, now that is incumbent upon us then at this point to make sure we know how to hear from God. If you've heard from God, then you know that all I got to do is take the next step. God, let's say, tells you to quit your job because he's got, and because he's got something else for you. You don't ask him how. Just, okay, the next step is quit my job. Okay. Patrick, where are you? Did that work? Sure did. Got a job paying 40% more. Sometimes we, we, want to, we want to say, well, now, if I do this, what's going to happen here? And what's how's it? You know what? That's out doubt and unbelief. We, we're, we're, he's asking us to get out of our little comfort place, moving into a place where, you know, there's all this unknown stuff going on. Listen, God's not... He, this, this is a phrase I heard from somebody, and I love it. Faith is not a blind leap, but an educated step. It's not a blind leap. What are you educated in? The fact that I know I've heard from God. The fact that I know that he's my provider. The fact that I know he would not take me into any place that's not good for me. That he would not tell me to do anything that's not good for me and for my family. That's an educated step. He's not looking for you just to just jump off the cliff for no reason. Listen, <clears throat> he has shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That to me means that no matter what the ground looks like or doesn't look like, my next step when I put my foot down is going to be on solid ground. Solidly on the word of faith. Solidly on what God has told me, what he has promised me. Now, anybody remember the Mr. Magoo cartoons from years ago? And he's blind as a bat, you know, and he's up on a crane, you know, walking a piece of steel, and he's walking right off the end of it. And about the time he's about to take the end off, another, another piece of steel comes by on another crane, and he just walks right. You know, that's, what, that's where our life of faith is. is you, you walk to the end of what you know because you know to keep walking. But as soon as you get to the end of what you know, there's already something under your feet. There's already something solid ground to walk on. Hallelujah. 
you know, some people try to try to gauge the cost of this next step. It's doubt and unbelief. What, what's going to happen? What's going to happen at this? What's going to happen at that? Listen, this is the life that we live. The just will live by faith. If you're not using your faith, you're not living the way God intends for you to live. It's just all there is to it. You know, if you compromise what God's told you to do, you don't do it the way he said do it, then you're not going to have what he wants you to have. It's just all there is to it. Famous phrase that I heard Lois Toucher say years ago, what you compromise to keep, you will eventually lose. You know, if you compromise, well, you know, God told me to leave this job on this particular day, but, you know, if I stay just an extra three months, then I can have this, this, and this, and it won't make any difference. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. When, when we left, you know, a good he, pastor left a good paying job, he had one more year to go before he could have been vested for retirement. And, you know, a year's not much, not when you've already been there nine years, and one more year's not that big a deal. And I said, are you sure you want to do this? He goes, yep, that's what God said do. We've got to go now. I said, okay, let's go. Now, that didn't come easily for me, but it, it did come, <laughs> you know. It's like, okay. And, and I began to see God work at every level. You know, he provided with it for us every step of the way, provided somebody at the last minute. The right person came to rent our house in Jacksonville while we left to go to Rama. I mean, that was the thing. We didn't want to, we didn't want to, to, to sell our home. We had no leading to sell our home. We needed, we needed to rent it to somebody. And people, I mean, it was a nice little house, and people wanted to rent it. We turned people down. We're getting to ready to leave. I mean, we're going to be packing up starting on a, on a Thursday, you know, and, and we got nobody to rent this place. The right person hasn't shown up. Thursday night, the right person showed up. See, God's got it all figured out already, and we need to stop trying to figure it out. When you're sure of what he said, you go with it. That's just all there is to it. You go with it. There was an uh, old TV show back in the, was it the early 60s? Father Knows Best. That's a good principle to keep in mind. Father Knows Best. It doesn't matter whether you, whether you think it's best or not. If he tells you it's best. Go with me over to 1 Samuel, verse 8. Let me see, give you an example of somebody or, or a situation where people did not do what God wanted them to do. First Samuel chapter 8. Now, this is the story of you know, the children of Israel. You know, um, verse 1 says, came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. If you read all the rest of this... You know, there's, there's some things here you could say about Samuel, but Samuel was God's prophet. God, he was God's man. Now, in the meantime, God had not, had not ordained that the children of Israel be governed by a king like all the kingdoms surrounding them, all the nations around them were all ruled by kings. But that wasn't God's plan. God wanted to rule more directly through the prophets that he had installed in the, in the area. And, and here we get to a place where now the children of Israel are looking around and going, we want a king. We want to be like everybody else. But as I was reading this today, I looked at this and I thought, well, part of the problem, a reason why they wanted a king, they weren't happy with the prophet anymore, was because what had happened here. 
It says in verse 3, he's talking about Samuel. He said, and his sons walked not in his ways. See, the, usually the prophet's office could easily pass down from father to son. And it said, his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. Now, if I was part of the children of Israel and I saw that, my confidence would not be very high in who the next priest or the next prophet might be. Mm-hmm. It's important. Important. It's important how you raise your children. It's important the example they set. It's important that they follow in the plan of God because if they don't follow in the plan of God, then the plan of God might get really off track for more than just you and more than just them. It could cost, which it did them, an entire nation being in the perfect will of God. So anyway, that's another story. But anyway, you know, it goes on and it says that uh, displeased Samuel, he was hurt over it because it said, you know, he, he felt rejected, and, and the Lord said to him in verse 7, they've not rejected you, they've rejected me, that I should not reign over them. Now, see, God knows. You know, even though Samuel had not done what he should have done with his sons, God could have raised somebody else up to, to be the next prophet. That was not beyond his capabilities. But see, all the, these people could see was Samuel and his, and his offspring. This is, this is not going to be good. But, you know, I, there was a verse that I could not find it early that I know I've used in, in times past about uh, the, and that gave an indication that God had in, in mind already to install a king for them. But now was not the time. They were way out ahead of God and what they were asking for. And so he said, okay, we're going to give him a king. Isn't it funny that even though this was not God's original plan, that he still anointed somebody to be king. You know, he, he found Saul, anointed him, this is going to be your king. But he, it came with some fine print. If you read on down through these verses, it, it tells him what would happen as a result of them insisting on having a king. Uh, starting in verse 10, it talks about that he would take your sons and appoint them for his, his own chariots to his horsemen to uh, be captains in his army, would take your daughters to be uh, bakers and cooks. He'll take your fields and your vineyards. He will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards. He will take your men servants, your maid servants. In 17, he will take the tenth of your sheep. It sounds like tax time had arrived. Up until then, there was no indication that the people had to pay any taxes of any kind. They didn't have to give. You know, like this. They were giving in, in the temple, obviously, of the offerings that God had commanded, but they weren't having to give taxes. Thank you, thank you, thank you for setting that wonderful example. But it also tells me that if a tenth was good enough for that government, it ought to be good enough for ours. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, but the whole, th- the whole key here is that if you insist on having it your way, God will let you, let you have it your way. If you just are hard-headed enough that you I want this, I want this, and you won't leave it alone and back off, God will let you have what you want. Because God has given us a free will. That's what makes us so unique amongst all of his creation is that we have been given the ability to choose for ourselves. Didn't it say over in Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter, I've set before you this day life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose, choose 
course, he went on to give him the, the answer. It was an open book. He said, choose life. Choose the right thing. Choose to do it my way. It'll bless you. But still, you know, he's, he's, he's left us with that choice. And many of us can testify that we've made a lot of bad choices at times in our lives. It's cost us because we did not follow what God's plan for us was. Sometimes we didn't follow it because we didn't know what it was. We weren't living close enough to God for, to hear what God had to say. We weren't in a place where he could hear us. He could reach us. We had already made up our minds about some things. And, um, you know, that's not where God wants us. He's got a plan for our lives, but he won't make us follow that plan. Won't make us. But the key is here, you will not reap the benefits that he's got in store for you without following the plan. The plan and the benefits go hand in hand. You can't have the benefits without following the plan. You know, I, I like to bake from time to time. Um, you know, my peanut butter pie is famous. But if I don't follow the directions, I'm not going to get the product. It might look okay. It might seem okay. It might still be sweet, but something about it is going to be missing. Well, are you okay with missing something? Are you okay with that? Is it worth it to you? Is it of that great a value to be missing out on what God's got for you just to have your own way? Uh-uh. Listen, it's kind of to me like a scenery along a route. You know, uh, Pastor and I love when we're, when we're away from home, if we had a few days to go exploring. I mean, he's taken me to some wild and woolly places, just getting out, you know, and just driving to see what we can find. I mean, one time in Hawaii, I thought, my Lord, if, I, if we ever get out of here, I'll be, you know, please, Lord, please, please help me, help me, help me. Because I was concerned that we were not going to get out of where he had taken us, this man had taken me into it's like, oh, heavens to Betsy. But you see, God's got, the thing about God is he's got a map for you. Just go to the next point. Now, along the way, you know, we're usually looking for scenery. Well, somebody says there's some great scenery between, between San Francisco and Sacramento. Well, I want to find the scenic route. I want to benefit on that drive from what I can see. Well, if I take a look at the map and go, oh, no, that can't be right. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And I take off over here. I'm going to miss all the scenery. See, that's what we do. When we veer off the course, we miss all the blessing that he got for us, that he had ready for us, waiting for us to enjoy along the path. I mean, we've been to some gorgeous places, and then later I come to find out, oh, if we had taken this road, we could have seen so-and-so. See, why do you want to live a life of regret when you find out later? You get to heaven and God rolls, you know, the tape here for us to to watch what our lives were and what they could have been. And you go, man, you know, it really wouldn't have taken much. It was just one decision. It was one choice. It was just one step away and I took the wrong step. Just took the wrong step. Don't do that. You know, we rely on our little GPSs sometimes. You know, who knows and has found out the hard way that GPS can be wrong. Can be wrong, yes. Can get you way off course, even though that crazy little voice on that GPS says, go this way. 
You know that thing is wrong sometimes. Listen, you're not always right. I don't care how much you think you know. You are not always right. You do not have it figured out. Just because you think that it's supposed to work this this way doesn't mean it's going to work that way. And yet too often people will take, take themselves down a particular path thinking, well, this, 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 oh, this, this, yeah, this is it, this is it, this is it, this is it. And they get down the road and they get all frustrated because things have not turned out well. Well, guess what? Your frustration is a result of your disobedience because you didn't pay attention. And when God was talking to you, you ignored it and disobeyed it. Well, I didn't know. I just, I just missed it. You know, we like to pat ourselves on the back a lot of times and say, well, I just missed it, as though that's a pass. It should be a learning experience, not a pass, so that we don't do it again. You know, that's not going to make you, God's not going to say, oh, that's okay, baby. That's okay. You just, you just missed it. It's, it's okay. No, he's going to say, I told you. This is what you need to do. So now you know the next time when I talk, this is what I sound like. So the next time, listen, do what I told you to do. You'll love it. I promise you, you'll love it. See, that's what God's always saying to us. If you just do what I tell you to do, you'll love it. You'll love it. People have real difficult times sometimes just following the plan of God for their lives because they think, ah, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. I do not want to do that. I do not. I mean, I'm standing here today because I did not want to do this. I did not. I, I said, never will I marry a preacher. Never will I pastor. Never will we do this. Never, never, never. But you know what? One day I realized that God only wants the best for me. And when I am willing to cooperate with him, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to hate it. I'm going to love being where I am because that's where he told me to go. You know, I, he, he had to pray me to Oklahoma. He had to pray me home, you know, because I got out there and I loved it out there. Now, don't make me do anything else. Now, I'm, I'm done with change. I'm done, you know, and then it said time to go home. I don't want to go home. Willing and obedient. Willing and obedient. As my children were growing up, they learned obedience quickly. They learned it the hard way. Then as they got older and attitudes started showing up, they found out that obedience alone was not enough. That I didn't want to see it on their face. And I didn't want to hear it. Didn't want to hear it. I used to tell them all the time, you can think all you want. I can't control what you think. But I better not see it on your face. I better not hear it out of your mouth. I better not see it in your body. They learned. See, but God will let you do what you want to do. Now, I had a threat, and I was going to back that threat up, and they knew it. See, God's not that way. He's just going to go, okay, if that's what you want, go for it. If that's what you want. Because he has given us free will. He's given us the ability to choose. Hallelujah. Go with me over to Hebrews 11. Let me tell you about a guy who did it the right way. Hebrews 11. Verse 8. 
in verse 9. It says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing where he went. He obeyed just because God said, it's time to pack up your bags and go. Headed in the direction God told him to go, not knowing what awaited him. But he headed out there. See, that's the key. Start when God says go, start. You may not understand or know where you're going to wind up. But if he says go, then the next thing you're, you're supposed to do is take the next step. He's not going to just going to make you run all the way there. He's going to lead you step by step by step. By step. And you need to be willing to take that next step. He went out not knowing where the final destination was, but willing to take the next step. And in verse 9 it says, By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. What struck me is that along this journey that he's taking step by step, he kept himself in a place of willingness and obedience so that at any time he got more direction, he was willing to do it. He never put down roots, so to speak, and just, I'm here, I'm done, I've gone far enough. He was always willing to... I'm, I'm ready, Lord, whatever your next step is, I'm willing, willing to go. It, you know, I can't say that I have arrived at this particular place, but I admire it greatly. Lester Summerall, God told him to pack his bags and go to the Philippines. His bags were packed. He was gone the next day. Gone the next day. Now, how many of us would respond that quickly? I cannot raise my hand. I, you know, that... I, I appreciate the fact that that man was such a powerhouse of faith and obedience that when God said, it's time to go, he didn't dilly-dally around. 24 hours later, he was on his way. That, to me, is absolutely stunning. You know, it says so much to me about the, the walk that he had with God, that he would take that and just instantly obey. You can't get more instant than that. And that's what Abraham did, is he actually, he lived a life that was like, okay, I'm here for now, but Lord, whatever you want to do next, I'm ready. I'm ready for the next set of instructions. I'm ready for the next step. Whatever it is, I'm ready to take it. And, you know, life is like that. I mean, life is a journey. You know, and we walk it out step by step. You know, there are times for some people, they'll get planted in one place and they'll be there all their lives. For other people, God will move them from place to place to do, to do this, to do that. You know, it's all part of the plan. But make sure that it's his plan and not your plan. God's not calling as many people to be nomads as, he, as you think. There's not that many of them. God wants to plant people in certain places. And there are times he plucks them up and he moves them for, for reasons that will become evident later on that might not be as clear right then. But God's not moving people all over the place all the time. If you're supposed to be hooked up with a local body of believers, how could you possibly be hooked up when you pack up your bags and move every six months? Not going to happen. That's not God. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes we want to know, okay, now, kind of, Lord, now just, just kind of give me an idea of what's around the corner, what's waiting for me around the bend. We want to get a spiritual stick out and put a mirror around it so we can kind of look around that next corner and figure out, you know, what, what's around there before I stick my head out. You know, when we had a cabin up in the mountains a few years ago, there was one particular spot, you know, in the road where we were going up that was just a two-lane, you know, backcountry road, and it said, blind drive ahead. What that means is whoever's coming out of that drive can't see you, and you can't see them. So be cautious. You know, and with the things of God, there's a little bit of caution. Just, okay, I want to make sure I'm hearing God, but keep on moving. Keep on moving. And see, if he says stop, you stop. He says go, you go. Even though it looks blind, just keep on going. Hallelujah. Sometimes we tend to lean on our own understanding a little too much. Yeah, yeah, we just kind of get it in our heads that we can figure this out. You know, but you know what? You look back at Abraham and you find out that from the time God talked to him about a son of promise to the time Isaac was born was 25 years. Listen, if you're going to be obedient to the things of God, you're going to have to have some patience as well. You're going to need to wait for the right thing. Wait for the right time. Did he perfect that walk? No, he didn't because in the middle of all this, Ishmael came along. And he goes, Lord, just, just let Ishmael be the son of promise. You know, he's right here. You know, he's my seed. It's okay. And the Lord's going, no, that is not the son of promise that I intended for you to have. So, you know, it's nice to know that somebody like Abraham, the great man of faith, you know, can have a momentary lapse in his in judgment. That should make us feel better. You know, we're in good company. But he got himself back on track too. And he kept on going. Kept on going, kept on following God. And how do we know that? Because when God said, take your son Isaac, who is the son? He knows this is the son of promise. When he says, take this, this boy up on the mountain and sacrifice him to me. You know, as far as I can tell, he didn't hesitate. He packed up the boy. He packed up the sticks. He packed up the servants. He went over there to the mountain. He told the servants, you wait right here. The boy and I will come back. See, he was willing to do what God said do, but it didn't make a bit of sense at the time. Why would you give me this son that you called the son of promise, and now you're asking me to sacrifice him? Okay, I'll do it. But what did he say to his servants? He said, you wait here, the lad and I will come back. He already had it in his head that this is the son of promise. This is the son God promised me would be the doorway into that into that great harvest of, of, of family. My, my seed would be as the stars. This is the son of promise. So if I sacrifice him, I guess he was thinking, God's just going to have to raise him up again. He gets up there, and God has to tell him three times, Stop! Ram's caught in the bush. Use, use the ram. But you see, God really needed to know that, that he was willing to be that obedient. I think somebody called it one time sacrificial obedience. Sometimes it looks like we're going to be sacrificing a great deal to obey God, but really, God's already provided. You're not going to sacrifice anything, but you're going to have to be willing to lay some things aside. You're going to have to be willing to, just, to lay them down. You know, there was a time back, um, 
a pastor had had, had, had cancer and, and he was just seeking God over some things and, and he, he was he was taught we were talking and he just he just seemed to feel like maybe we it was time for us to leave the church and to and to go do something else. Listen, I was not happy about that at all. Not happy at all. And and um and it took me some time to uh to get to a place where I was willing. If God, if that's what you want us to do, that's what we'll do. And when it all came right down to it, that's not what he wanted us to do at all. But it was he wanted to know that we were willing. There may be times when God asks you to do certain thing, and then and if and you once you get yourself to that place where you're willing, I'm ready. What's the next step? He'll go. I don't need you to do that at all. I just want to make sure you're willing. Now I can do this for you. See, many times we will come across those places. Many times. But remember, it's not a sacrifice. If we had left because the plan of God was for us to leave, we would have been blessed beyond measure in whatever he took us to. But he didn't tell us to go. He said we could stay right here. And that's why you still have us here. Amen. Hallelujah. And and I began to think today as I was writing this down, I thought, you know, back in that circumstance, what would have happened had I not gotten willing? Just a short time later, less than five years, because I'm not even sure when all this came up, if it was when like a year after he had had the cancer diagnosis or what. But just five years after he was diagnosed with cancer, I was diagnosed with cancer. What would have happened to me had I not been willing to follow God when I thought he was telling us to leave? Would I still be here today? You see, your, your decision of today is going to greatly affect the ability of God to bless you and to bring you out of something down the road. That's a pretty sobering thing when you stop to think about it. If I say no to him today, what will that cost me down the road? What will it cost? You can't gauge how, pri- how big a price that might wind up being. So the best thing is just obey God. Hallelujah. Sometimes we're just in a hurry only to realize that we got off the track way too late. But see, you know, God's, God's going to be able to put it back together. When you realize it, he'll be able to put it back together if you go back and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Some people, you know, after 36 years of ministry and we look at different things and different people have come our way over the years, it just seems that there are people who come around to the same thing over and over and over again. Their lives are cycles of, of things that, that are good, and then they get off, the, off track with God, and then they suddenly take a nosedive. Now they're down here. Now they're back on track. Now God brings them back up, and he puts them back on the path, and they get up here, everything's great, and they get off track again, and they start going down. It happens. Some people just, they finally just need to learn. Listen, what is it I'm doing wrong? What, where, where, have, where have I missed this? And then learn from that, go back, start over, and just see how big God can be in their lives. Hallelujah. Listen, when there's a, well, in fact, you're right here in, in Hebrews. Let's take a look at verse Well, in verse uh, 2 of chapter 11, it says, For by it the elders obtained a good report. Now, if you go on over to verse 39, 
after they've gone through this hall of fame and everything, it says, and these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Listen, they didn't receive the promise at that particular time. There was some commentary that put it like this. God put the promise, it was, it was talking about the promise, God put it on hold so that his full purpose could be consummated. It reminded me of James, that patience have her perfect work. The reason why, you know, we have to wait sometimes is, number one, you... It doesn't take any faith to say, I believe God, boom, there it is. It takes more faith for you to say, I have it now. It's mine. And time goes by before you see a physical manifestation of that thing. There's where our faith comes in. We stand in the middle of that, confident of what God has promised us, confident of what he said to us, confident of his leading, excuse me, in our lives. There's where faith comes in. And patience will help our faith to stand. I heard a story the pastor told of a young lady that came to him one day. And uh, she had a young man with her. And she was thinking about getting married to this young man. And the pastor took one look at him and just had, I mean, this great sense of foreboding on the inside of him. And she, he just looked at her and said, uh, I, no, don't, don't do this. And lo and behold, she listened to him. Miracle. You don't know in these kind of situations how often that does not happen. So a little time goes by. She comes back to him with the second young man. Pastor, how does this witness with you? And he looked at this young man, and though he was a fine young man, he got a sense that this was not God's best for her. It had to do, you know, with just where God was taking her in her life whether this was a good match for what God's plan for her was. And so she said, okay, again, miracle of miracles here. You know, because you get emotionally entangled with people. You know, and it's hard to separate that when, when somebody says, <clears throat> I, I, just, I just get a witness that this is just not what you need to be doing. You know, when somebody that God has put in your life has something on the inside of them that does not agree with what your action is about to be, would you please just take time to at least consider what they have to say? As far as we're concerned, we're not here to run your lives, but if God, if the Holy Ghost witnesses something to us and, and, we, and we tell you what that is, please at least consider that we might have heard God. Please consider it. But anyway, she said, yes, I, will, I, 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 won't, I won't do this. Some time went by, and a young man came along, and this pastor said, this is a fantastic guy who was everything that, that I mean, his, his goal in life, his, his plan of life, for his, 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 whole, his whole, everything about him meshed with hers so well. And today, they're in a place where they're a great blessing to many. What if she hadn't listened on the first time? He knew that that first guy was like, this is disaster waiting to happen. The second one was, well, it's not the best. It's not the best. 
She was willing to wait for the best. And today she's living out the benefit of the best that God had for her. Hallelujah. Just remember, when God says here, there's no better place than here. And when God says there, there's no better place than there. But you better be in a place where you can figure out where here is and where there is. And know which one God is leading you to. When we got back from, I mean, when, when Pastor, I mean, I, I wanted to stay in Oklahoma back in 1980. I wanted to stay. I loved my job. I loved where I was. Everything was about. And he comes to me in the spring and says, we got to go home. Grad, as soon as gradu- we get through, grad, get through graduation, we got to go home. And I'm going, Why? Why do we have to go home? And he said, because God said go home. You know, sometimes that's the answer you need to hear. As a parent, sometimes you say, just because I said so. You don't need to know anything else just because I said so. So There are times when that's all God's going to give you. And you need to be content with the fact that just because he said so is why you do it. So we came home, you know, and got hooked up with these people over here just a week, less than a week later, you know, and a week after that, we were here for the very first Bible study. We've been here ever since. And still there was a choice to make. We were still living in Jacksonville. We came over here in June, you know, start holding these Bible studies. And in July, Lord started dealing with us about moving over here. And he says, came to the kitchen one day and he said, what do you think about just moving over there? And I said, Nah, I don't think that's God. (laughs) And on the inside of me, as soon as I said, I went, pack the bags, get the boxes out. I just unloaded them two months ago. Now I'm going to load them back up again. (laughs) But you know, it's not a decision I've ever regretted. Not a decision to ever regret. Listen, when you're in the plan of God because you followed him out of obedience, you will not regret the place you find yourself in at all. Because anything God's got for you is better than you could imagine for yourself. Isn't that what Ephesians says? He he does exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think. He can only do that for us when we're ready, willing, and obedient to follow what he's got laid out for us. So, how do you know what to do? Number one, Obey the word. If it's in the word, you don't need any other direction. There are too many people out there who goes, yeah, but I don't know if I should do this. If it's clearly in the word, yes, you should. There's no argument about it. It applies to you. God didn't set some things in the, in the word that are just for 99.999% of the people, and you're the one it doesn't apply to. You can ignore that one. It applies 100% of the time to 100% of the people. Okay? So if it's in the word, obey it. Don't think you're going to get God's blessing to the extent that you would like it or the extent that God would like to give it to you if you're not willing to obey what he's already told you in written form. But next, there's following what he tells you on the inside. And, you know, you're going to have, you're responsible to hearing the voice of God for yourself. Don't ask somebody else to do it for you. 
You're responsible to hear. You're responsible to develop your spirit to a place that you can hear, clearly understand, and know without a shadow of a doubt that is God talking to me. And when he tells you something and you know he said it to you, you are obligated to obey if you want the blessing that comes with it. If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Does anybody not want to eat the good of the land? Anybody would rather do that? Not me. So it, it's just time. It's time for us to just get to that place. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll do that. Yes, sir. You know, and, and as we do that more and more, we'll get to a place where hopefully, you know, God doesn't tell me to pack my bags in 24 hours. But, you know, if that would be necessary, we would get to the place where we would do it. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.